Welcome in to another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris. You can follow me on Twitter at jmorrismcm. Joined, as always, by John Glennon on Twitter at Glennon Sports. John, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Jimmy. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Before we get started, we will remind you this is Home Run Throwback. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Home Run Throwback. You get this podcast every week. And then Titans in 10, uh, my daily podcast, just kind of giving updates throughout the day on the news that happens. So uh, subscribe to one feed. You get both both shows. Remind you also, we're brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. All the best Titans coverage that you're going to find, you can find there. Uh, so go over there, check that out, sign up for a subscription. You will not be disappointed. All right, so Titans move to 5-0 and today with a 42-36 win over the Houston Texans. Um, this is a different brand of Titans football than we're used to. Those of us who have been here and watched this team for years, um, seen some really bad teams. But even when teams were really good, it was a defensive football team that you just hoped, uh, you know, if the other team, they could hold the other team down, the Titans could get 17 points, they were probably going to win the game. If the other team scored 21, you you felt like it was kind of over. Um, This team is the exact opposite of that, where you never feel like they're out of it, and they're giving up 30 a game, but they're continuing to win. So, you know, John, as we get started here, how long can we sustain uh, watching a team that gives up this many points but continues to win? Yeah, it, it uh, it's gonna. The, it was writing just a little bit ago. The uh, the joy ride is gonna have to come to an end at some point uh, um, because you know I I think if the Titans could just offer a little bit of a middle of the road defense, they'd be in in really good shape. You know because the offense, as we said, is popping about thirty, thirty five, forty points every every game now. Um, so you don't need to have a great defense, um, but you can't give up 335 passing yards and four touchdowns to Deshaun Watson. Uh, you can't give up, uh, you know, 30 points or, or more as the Titans have done, I think, in, in maybe three of their last four games. Uh, eventually it's going to come back to bite you. But, you know, on the, on the positive side of things, boy, for, for long-suffering Titans fans, um, what a uh, what an entertaining kind of thrill ride time this is uh, to be a Titans fan. Uh, you know, starting last year when 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 Tannehill came in and and replaced Marcus Mariota, uh, it's been pretty consistent. You know, thirty points almost every week, and and you know to see some of the things we saw today. Um, you know, a three hundred and fifty yard passer a 200-yard rusher, and a 100-yard receiver all in the same game. Uh, I, I think that's only happened three times in, in NFL history. Um, and for the Titans to be doing that is a little bit mind-blowing, I have to say, after watching this team for, for a number of years uh, be so uh, defensively oriented, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing that you like about this team, obviously, is that they, they continue to find ways to get it done. And, you know, they've had all of the, you know, excuses or whatever, all the things go against them. Had the COVID outbreak. You had to play on Tuesday. You had to turn around and play again on Sunday. You've still got guys missing. But it seems like week in and week out, they find people to step up. And obviously, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, it, it, you can't say enough about the job that he's done. He should absolutely be in the conversation 
for NFL MVP. I don't know that he's not even a front runner at this point. Uh, just with the, the with the things that he's done, the confidence that this offense has in him, this team has in him, and I mean, you see it, and and we all felt it. I mean, when they get the ball back at the end of the game, there. I mean, obviously they've got a long way to go, all, all of that stuff. So, you know, statistically there's probably not a great chance there. But, I mean, I don't know. I felt like that they were going to go down there and, and at least, you know, make a run at it. And obviously they, they were able to do that, get a couple of big plays. Um, I thought the play calling was really interesting on that last drive. There was a couple times where I thought they were going to get up to the line and, and clock it, and they just continued mm-hmm. running plays. And you saw, I mean, the Texans used a timeout one time because I think they were thinking the same thing that I was, that you're, you're going to see a spike here. But they lined up and were ready to go. So it, it's just this offense is continually making plays, having con- different guys step up all the time. Anthony Ferkshire was great today. He has eight catches for 113 yards. Uh, you know, the biggest game of his career. Jeremy Jeremy McNichols on that last drive was really good. Um, a guy that, you know, you didn't – I mean, what, he was on the practice squad, right, at the beginning of the year. He, he steps up. We, we all thought it was going to be Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans was going to be the guy that was going to spell Henry. You know, he hasn't been healthy, been able to be out there. But, you, you know, just continually finding different guys to step in and make things happen. But, I, I mean, talk about the play of Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's something that we haven't seen here – since the days of Steve McNair, and statistically, you know, Ryan Tannehill is going to far sur- surpass anything that we've seen from a Titans quarterback. Yeah, he, he really is. And, and again, you know, I think we've probably talked about this before, but, you know, there was such a common line, um, you know, I think primarily from national media or outside sources that, uh, you know, the Titans made a big mistake by, by signing Ryan Tannehill to that that four-year deal and, and hey you know he had the you know caught magic or caught fire last year and had great incredible stats leading the league in quarterback rating but it would never happen again and you know i i myself figured there would be some drop uh from last year i didn't figure it would be a huge um you know fall off for for ryan Tannehill, but hard to keep up the pace but so far he is at least keeping up that pace i think it's fair to say you know uh, after five games uh, 13 TDs, two interceptions, a quarterback rating of almost 114, which is right around where he at, where he led the league last year, which is at 117. Uh, so we're seeing some some pretty amazing things, and and uh, you know it was it was almost stunning in some ways to see him throw an interception tonight because it had been a long time since we'd seen him uh, throw an interception in the past. But um, yeah, and again. To the point you made too, when they took over the ball there near the end, uh, you know they have been in this situation so many times. Um, you know this was really the fourth game-winning drive for Ryan Tannehill in five time in, in five games this year. Uh, so there was no panic, and, and again, as they got close to the goal line, as we all again thought that he was going to spike the ball, he had them up at the line of scrimmage quickly. He lobs that quick touchdown pass to AJ Brown, and, and boom, he got a tie game. Um, you know, and then I thought it was interesting, uh, overtime too, that the coin toss, um, you know, Kevin Byard goes out there for the coin toss and I think Ben Jones was right in the neighborhood too. And both of those guys said after the game, uh, yeah, basically as soon as we won the coin toss, I knew the game was over, uh, you know, which, which sounds pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a little bit overconfident, but I think that's just, I think they're being honest. That's how well this offense has played this year. Well, and go back and watch Sean Watson's. A reaction 
when you know he calls tails it's heads i mean <laughs> you it was almost like he knew that when they didn't win the toss that they weren't going to get the ball back um yeah i, I mean I, like you said it's just the confidence that this group has and derrick henry you know it's funny that we're you know 8 minutes into this and this is the first time we're mentioning derrick henry who goes over 200 yards on the day and you know i i think it was mike herndon on twitter said something about you know, have you ever seen a running back that is as dangerous on his own 10 as he is inside the opponent's 10? And, and I mean, you know, it, it's it's amazing how many times you see the other team stack it up. And if he gets a crease, like, they can't catch him. And, you know, he's running away from defensive backs, guys that he, you know, weighs 75 pounds more. And he's just, you know, once he gets it, he's gone. And there was so much, you know, so much talk about the contract and all that stuff with, with both Tannehill and Henry. But especially Henry, you can't pay running backs, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're seeing that maybe, you know, as a general rule, it's not a good idea. I wouldn't disagree with that. But for this team, the way that these two guys complement each other, uh, it was obviously worth paying both of those guys, getting the, you know, the contracts done that John Robinson got done this offseason. I mean, this this offense, it, it needs both of those guys. They just they work so well together. And then again, A.J. Brown um, – you know, making the big play, wanting the ball in that situation. We talked last week, but, I mean, the Titans have had so many guys that have come through here that you thought, this is the guy. The Titans finally have a receiver that's going to, you know, break the curse. They're, they're finally going to have a number one. But now we're actually seeing it, you know, with production during a regular season on the field from A.J. Brown. And that that is just, it's it's so fun to see. And it's just so different from what we're used to. Um, I don't know. It's fun to watch. And in your column that you're talking about a minute ago, you mentioned. I mean, you you don't want to step away when they're on offense because you're afraid you're going to miss something amazing. And that just certainly has not been the case for. I mean, even like I said, even when these teams were good, you, you wanted to take your break for the bathroom or to get your drink or whatever while they were on offense because you're like, well, I mean, whatever happens, it's not going to be fun to watch. You know, we'll watch the defense when they come out. And the, the, this offense just time and time again finds finds ways to step up and make plays. And was that, there were a lot of crazy things that happened in this game. Um, you know, one of the things, Taylor Lewan going out. Um, and we, we'll wait and see. Jay Glazer had the report, I guess, on the Fox postgame show that Taylor Lewan might have a torn ACL. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know what he's basing that off of, but we won't know for sure until I'm, I'm assuming tomorrow he'll go and get get an MRI. That's obviously a big blow for this team, and, you know, they'll have to figure out how they're going to make that work. But, I mean, I thought Sambrello played pretty well. I mean, obviously the first, you know, he had the, the – he gave up the sack and the, and the fumble uh, to J.J. Watt. I think the first play he was in there, he had a penalty or two right there at the beginning. But, you know, by the end of the game, he looked like he was settling in pretty well, and he's not going to be Taylor Lewan, obviously. I mean, it, it's hard to replace a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl left left tackle like that. But, I mean, he gave you at least a little bit of confidence today that he can, you know, at least be a replacement-level guy and there won't be as huge of a drop-off as you might have feared. Yeah, and, and we may have talked about this in the, in the past too, but, but we have seen some uh, some interesting characters in years past as, as reserve offensive linemen on the Titans team. I mean, we can go back to the... Uh, to the uh, the Will Svitek of the world a few <laughs> years back, who were like uh, you know often compared to traffic cops or pylons or or what have you, and and you know Sambrio is a uh, is a guy who's got some NFL experience. You know he's a he's a decent player, and and 
yeah, you mentioned that he, that he did have a rough start, clearly. Um, but I, I agree with you. I, I thought he did come on, and uh, on those last two drives, uh, there were a couple plays where he really helped open up some of those big holes uh, for Derrick Henry. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a situation where he, uh, he got much better as the game went on. And, uh, it, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens if Taylor Lewan is out for a while. Um, certainly we've got uh, Sambrello and, and, and Kelly there uh, would be your starters. And then the wild card is, is Isaiah Wilson, of course, uh, you know, a first-round draft pick. And ideally he would have been much further along now than he is. Uh, the question is when would the Titans be comfortable putting him in the lineup? I, I think it's still probably a ways off is, is my guess. Um, you know, he missed so much time. Uh, due to the the COVID uh, situation, uh, you know, to me that it was almost starting again from scratch almost when he when he came back. And again, we go back to the fact that all, he, like all rookies, didn't have an off season to to fall back on either. Uh, so I, I think you know when I've watched him in practice this past week, just doing drills, he looks better. He looks leaner. He, you know, he, I I think there's been some uh, improvement, um, but I'm not sure when he'll be able to uh, to go. Uh, you know, give the Titans a contribution, a uh, significant contribution at that point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because, I mean, like you said, I, I don't think this is the week with the Steelers coming to town as good as they are on defense. And you figured, you know, it, it, when a situation like LaJuan getting hurt in the game, um, it, it makes sense to, to bring Sam Raylo in there to keep Dennis Kelly at right tackle. But you would hope that, you know, down the road a couple of weeks, Maybe, you know, Wilson has been good enough that he can come in and play right tackle. You can slide Kelly over to left. Um, you know, that, that's the hope. But, again, it, it's just kind of a it's, – it's been such an up and down, or you know, mostly down for Isaiah Wilson since he's been here. But hopefully now all that stuff's yeah. behind him and he can, you know, work his way into the lineup. Um, we'll keep an eye on how that plays out. There, there were a few, you know, just kind of interesting plays in this game today. Uh, one of them that's, that's kind of getting a lot of run on Twitter has been the too many men on the field penalty that the Titans took, whether or not Vrabel did it on purpose. Um, and Mike Herndon at Mike Miracles on Twitter, if you follow him, he has a pretty good breakdown of, you know, it, it really does look like Vrabel sends Jonathan Joseph out there, tells him to stay, and then does a quite the acting job, if it was on purpose. <laughs> Um, quite the acting job when the penalty, you know, as the ball's being snapped, as the penalty gets called to make sure that the, that the refs see that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened. I think Paul Kaharski came out and said that he has it on good authority that that was on purpose. I don't think you're ever going to hear Mike Vrabel admit that. But that was that was really interesting. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that sequence as it happened. Because, again, just, just to kind of set it up, if you didn't see it, um, you know, the Titans – the 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 Texans have a second and one um, with just over three minutes left. Clock's running. Uh, you know they they take the penalty there. They get the penalty there, which stops the clock. Gives us, gives the Texans a first down. Probably saves you you know forty seconds, maybe even more, depending on how that plays out. You got to figure the Texans are going to take three downs to try to get one yard there. So I, I mean, again, we've seen Vrabel you know work those types of things his advantage. You know, going back to the the, the the delay of game calls or the false start calls in the New England game last year in the playoffs. So I, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I haven't got. To, I, I know what you're talking about. I haven't gone back to to look at it. 
Uh, yet, because at the, at the time, you know, uh, we were all kind of sitting there wondering how in the world do the Titans get called for a penalty like that at that, that, that critical point in the game. But it does make sense, certainly, that it was a, it was a time saver. Um, and, and I certainly got to give Mike Rabel credit in, in that regard. I mean, uh, you know, that's a, uh, as I say that, that's a pressure packed moment in a game for him to be kind of thinking ahead like that and, and working the clock like that. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty sharp guy, uh, pretty, pretty good work by him. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll give him some props. He, uh, he always is a, is a guy that, uh, you know, after games, it's quick to say, uh, you know, it's all about the players. It's all about the players. But hey, Mike, we'll uh, we'll give you some, uh, we'll give you a little pat on the back for that one too. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I was critical of him and his in-game decisions last year, especially early in the year. But it seems like he's really come on and a guy that you know is studying these things. And it, he seems like a guy now that knows the rules inside and out. You know, kind of like the thing that Jeff Fisher always got credit for, you know, with him being on the competition committee and all that stuff. Rabel seems to be the same type of guy that, you know, if, if there's a loophole that he can find in there that he can take advantage of, he's going to do that. So that, I thought that was interesting. And then the decision by Romeo Cornell to go for two when the team is up by seven after they score that last touchdown, you, you get the thought process there, right? I mean, if they get the two, the game's mm-hmm. over. It's a two-possession game at that point. Yeah, and you're done. And listen, it took a great play from Jeffrey Simmons to get back and tip that ball because the guy behind him is wide open. If he doesn't tip that ball, they get a two-point conversion, Titans are four and one. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think it was Rich Gannon, right, on on the broadcast that was just killing him for it. He pulled out the card that all the guys have and all the coaches (laughs) have in their pocket, when to go for two, when not to. Um, You know, a, a a lot of thoughts on that. Um, again, you know, you get it from the standpoint of, like you said, kill shot, you get it, it's done. You, you don't hardly ever see that happen there. I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as it played out. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with, with Gannon on, on that one, I have to say. I don't know, maybe I'm too old school and maybe analytics, uh, you know, says something different in, in that regard. But to me, you know, if, if you take the simple route and you go up by eight points, you are not only making the you know the, the opponent drive all the way down for a touchdown, but then convert you know the, the two points just to tie the game. Um, so you know I'm I'm to me I'm I'm I, I definitely stay conservative on that. Um, you know another one that that was of interest to me talking about conversions too. Um, you know I I gotta say I, I gave a little thought to wondering whether the Titans might go for two. Uh, you know, after their final touchdown in regulation, and my thinking was kind of like, you know, uh, as well as the Titans' offensive had played, uh, the defense could not stop the Texans there, especially in the second half. And, and and I'm wondering, you know, do you take your chance and and win it right there, and and not worry about having the, the defense uh, have to go back on the field ever again? And really, um, you know, they, they chose not to. They chose to kick it and tie it and go to overtime. And, you know, we talked about this before the, the podcast started, but really it came right down to whoever wins that coin toss is probably going to win the game or, or has a real good chance uh, because both of those defenses were, were virtually unstoppable against the uh, against the opposition there. But I, I would have you know, really given some thought to uh, to going for two points there. Yeah, I would like to know how much thought Vrabel gave to that because, like you said, it does come down to the coin toss or the way that things 
are playing out. We already talked about that as, as far as the reaction and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you have to be a little bit afraid of your defense getting back out there with the overtime rules the way they are, you know, touchdown in the, ends of the game, which is what we saw from the Titans. So, yeah. And, and again, like, Steven Goskowski is quite the interesting player on this team, right? <laughs> because we've gone from week one where you have, you know, basically zero confidence in him, but then he hits the the field goal to win the game. Right. And then, you know, he's hitting six field goals a couple weeks ago. And now today you get the field goal block. He, he misses the the one that it seemed like a pretty easy thing there. And I mean, I think all of us were kind of on our edge of the on the edge of our seats <laughs> as that extra points going up because you just you don't know. And even when he was good, like the last year in New England, um, you know, he, he had some issues with extra points. So yeah. you had to have a little bit of, of trepidation there, uh, you know, if you're Mike Vrabel, but as Titans fans watching that, you know, just just kind of waiting to see how that plays out. Um, but he hit it, you know, and to his credit, like he's missed he's missed some kicks this year, obviously, but he's hit all the ones that really counted. Um, and so, you know, you're kind of doing the math there as you're, as the Titans are taking over for that last drive. You've got the two field goals that you've left on the field, you know, and then you just need to get in position to, to maybe get a field goal there instead of having to get a touchdown with the way it played out. But like I said, he's hit the ones that mattered. And so you, you had to feel pretty good about that. But I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the defense before we got started. We've, we've hit on it a little bit here. But they're going to have to figure some things out on that side of the ball. And, you know, for the first couple of weeks, we kind of had the thing of, well, you know, Vic Beasley's not here. Jadavian Clowney's getting acclimated. You had, you know, guys on the COVID list and all that stuff. But today they were, you know, pretty much at full strength, at least as full strength as they've been so far this year. You don't have a Dory Jackson out there. Uh, we, we saw him get some work on a side field this weekend, this past week in practice, so maybe he gets back for the Steelers game. So, I mean, that is obviously going to make them better, but I don't think that Adoree coming back is going to fix all the problems that they've had so far. And so, I mean, I, I don't know. What, what do you think that we can see? Because, like you said, you, you can't live like this forever. You can't continually give up 30 points. I mean, we, we see in the college game every week, and as long as you can outscore the opponent, you, you can still win games. But that's typically not how it works in the NFL, especially once you get into the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know, but you have to figure they're going to have to be better on defense as the year goes on if they're really going to be a legitimate contender in the AFC. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's great that the uh, the Titans are scoring 35 or 40 points a game here, but the downside is they need every single one of those points uh, because the other – team is scoring so many and and you know really i think you can point to a couple of areas that are really kind of the top of the charts um for improvement on the on the titans defense one third down defense uh you know the texans were seven of 14 uh, today 50 percent is too high uh, but that's actually better than their season average coming into today which was 60 percent and then uh red zone defense boy uh, i think it's 14 out of 16 times uh, once opponents have gotten inside the 20-yard line, they've gone on to score touchdowns. That is, is, is way too high, and they just have to have some occasional stops to make opponents kick field goals from time to time. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little puzzled by it, to be honest. I, I mean, I think we all know the Titans lost Terrell Casey and, and Logan Ryan, um, you know, two significant losses. But, uh, you know, I, I still think there's enough talent to be much better, and, and 
you know, I, I think they have to pressure the, the passer better. They, uh, you know, they're, they're paying a lot of money to guys like Jadevian Clowney uh, and to Vic Beasley to get after the passer, and we're just not seeing the production yet. You know, I think Clowney is out there contributing, uh, you know, and, and sometimes getting close and pressuring, um, but we're not seeing the, the sacks, the kind that end drives and, and create turnovers. Um, you know, so I think there's an awful lot of areas uh, for this Titans D to, to improve. Yeah, and that's certainly the case, but you'd rather be having these conversations at 5-0 and than, you know, 2-3 and three or whatever else you, you could imagine there. So um, it, it feels a little bit different because it was in the Mike Malarkey year where they, you know, every year, every week it was like, well, we got to fix this and that, and they were just, you know, barely squeaking by and, and winning games. Mm-hmm. You don't, You don't really feel the same way about this team that you did, but you get kind of the same answers in that kind of stuff. But you, they're certainly going to have to figure some things out on defense. And that that's going to primarily, I, I would think, be the focus going forward because we, we've seen, you know, with all the talk of Tannehill and regression, and you talked about that a little bit earlier, um, that the, the offense is fine. <laughs> they're, they're scoring in bunches. There, there's no issue there. But if the defense continues to play like it is, you, you can win games against inferior opponents. You can win games the regular season, but you're going to have to be, off, be able to get off the field on third down, like you said. You're going to have to be able to hold teams to field goals in the red zone. Again, like you said, and th- they've got some time to figure that out. And, and again, you know, working from a, from a position of 5-0, and o, you, you have a little, bit, a little bit of leeway on that. But that will definitely be something to watch going forward um, to see if they can improve in those numbers because they're they're going to need them when it comes to January because you you're just not going to be able to to give up things like they are right now and, and continue to win when you get against really good offenses. So listen, I, there there's there are obviously some things they need to clean up. You'll you'll hear you know that term and you'll 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 hear them talk about that this week. But so many good things and you, you know again we the last few years we've spent so much time at the end of the season going through different scenarios, how the Titans can, you know, they this team to lose and they need to win and so that they can back in and you keep winning games. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, but some things they need to fix, obviously. Anything else we need to hit on from today's game? Not too much, I don't think. You know, I, I think it just sets up, boy, what a, uh, what a next Sunday we have to look forward to. Two of the three unbeaten teams going head-to-head uh, here in Nissan and, and – uh, Talk about a, uh, a a great defense going up a uh, you know what's so far going up a pretty good uh, pretty good offense to say the least uh, you know that's the matchup um, we'll see next week and we'll see how healthy the Titans offense is in terms of Taylor Lewan and, and Johnny Smith but really got the potential to be a, a great game uh, um, you know the the only uh, regret for the Titans that I have not specifically for that game but kind of in general this year is. Uh, boy, wouldn't they have uh, uh, been packing the place in at Nissan Stadium for some of these games and the way the Titans are playing and, and so entertaining. Uh, you know, I can only imagine the atmosphere for uh, for next week's game. Um, instead, unfortunately, you know, there's going to be about uh, 10,000 uh, fans or so for, for next week. But uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, whether you're uh, one of the lucky ones to get in the stadium or whether you're watching at home, boy, it's uh, it's a uh, – it's a showdown to uh, to anticipate next Sunday. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch, and I would anticipate that we get the you know the A CBS team here, uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo next week, uh, just with, with the the matchup being what it is in the two five and O teams. Um, and, you know, the Steelers had a lot to say during the week where the game eventually got postponed and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm sure Mike Vrabel will kind of recycle some of that stuff to get his team motivated this week. Like you said, you got you got a couple of key injuries to keep an eye on. Uh, Taylor Lewan, we'll, we'll see if we get any kind of reports the next couple of days on on his knee. Um, John o. Smith, we we think it's an ankle. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully they get Pruitt and um, Corey Davis back this week from the COVID list. Those are the two you know guys that were on that the 53 man roster. They're still on that list, but hopefully they get those guys back this week. So you, you'll at least have have those guys back to to counteract a couple things. So I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird place to be. As a Titans fan, when when you're looking at a team that's really really good on offense and is really struggling on defense, that's just that's not what we're used to. But hey, I mean it, it's fun. They're winning games. They're fun to watch. And yeah, it does suck that you know, you're not getting to get in there and see these games, or at least not as many people as, as potentially would uh, in a regular year. But you know that's 2020 for us. So that, that's kind of what we're used to, I guess, at this point, as far as that's concerned. But anyway, um, you know, good stuff, and we'll monitor that stuff as the week goes on, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Check that out. We'll have all the injury updates as they become available there, um, and check that out, and we'll have plenty of, you know, breakdowns from this game, previews of the Steelers, and all that kind of stuff as it as we go throughout the week. John, thanks so much for joining me as always. Sure. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can follow John on Twitter at Glennon Sports. Follow me on Twitter at jmorrismcm. Again, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Check that out throughout the week as we'll have all of the good stuff that you need to know about this game and the Steelers game. So for John Glennon, this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks so much for joining me, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.